Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one... The only Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah! Pucko! Grab your friends, it's that time again! And welcome to the 325th episode of the Poco Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my supercalifragilisticexpialidocious co-hosts. The Fluffiest Whimsicott. And Sublime Manic. You see what I did there? Uh, Alright, so, welcome to the Poco Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name that General Patton came up with in 1945. It's uh, it's a show all about Pokemon, the video game, the trading card game, and Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon sometimes. So we cover everything. We like to talk everything. Welcome if you're new. Welcome back if you're old. And I think this is going to be a good time. Today we're going to be talking about some uh, some speculation in Pokemon. So as always, we'll start us off with some with some opening chatter. We'll go to our news. We'll play the Pokemon trivia show, and then we'll go ahead and. jump into the topic we'll wrap it up with a pokemon of the episode and the mailbag segment so we've got a good show for you guys today so without further ado though uh let's jump into it how you guys been throat issues aside which is why i might sound weird sometimes uh pretty well (laughs) (laughs) i've i've been actually like doing a lot of pokemon stuff compared to like two months ago when i had time for nothing in my Uh, life what have have you been doing (laughs) Um, mostly I've been preparing for the UTC. I've had my first battle. I'm going to be having my next battle in a few hours. Breaking the fourth wall. Sorry. And oh, man. it's been a, it's, it's been a lot of fun actually, because there's just some sets that just essentially took off of Smogun mm-hmm. and some others. I was like, no, let's get creative. Let's try crazy stuff. And then some others, I was like, this Pokemon needs to do this, 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 and this. And I was like calculating down to the last EV where I need to put it. Oh, and I love it. Yes. 
Man. I felt and almost like a DC Pokemon. player. You say like, well, I'm not great, but I'm not bad either. Not anymore. I don't think I'm not terrible at any rate. It's very much like Piddle. That's that's definitely what that is. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Only you have to like prep for everyone at the same time, and then you, if mm-hmm. you miss prep, uh, you're done essentially for the entire tournament because yeah. you can't change your set. I mean, it's not terrible though. It's it's still I like that more than doing the piddle, just because I think it's a little bit more inclusive. I know with piddle, you have definitely some stigma of hacking that goes on and stuff like that. Obviously, because yeah. you have to have a new set every week, and I mean, how many Chiron blocks can you realistically have, right? Exactly. Like, don't ask. I, <laughs> I was hunting down stuff. Oh, it's it's it it was. It was good, and something else I've done lately is well, I started Pokemon Crystal. I'm I'm surprised at how excited I am about it. Actually, it's really yes, because it's been one of those games like Yellow and Crystal were the ones that got away for me back in the day. I never got them, and I never played them. And I always wanted to, but you know, when you play on an emulator, you say, eh, it's it's not the same thing. It's not the real thing. I agree with that. And so I, I bought the cartridges a while ago. And then like a month later, hey, it's going to come out on virtual console. And I was like, okay, money will spent, but whatever. Uh, and now that Crystal has finally joined the family, I realized, you know, I love Suicune. I love Celebi. And this is probably my best chance to finally enjoy Gen 2 properly. And something else I did also on Virtual Console is I started my global Nuzlocke project, which is something that is probably going to take me years to complete. What what is that? Go into details. Okay. You take a Pokemon game from Gen 1 and you Nuzlocke it and you use dupes clause, of course. So if you catch a Rattata on Route 1, you're not going to catch a Rattata on Route 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 because Rattata is freaking everywhere. And once you finish that game, if you manage to beat the Nuzlocke, you're going to have a list of all the Pokemon you've used. And that's when you start a Generation 2 Nuzlocke and Dupes Clause applies across those games. So you're always using new stuff. That's really nice. I like that a lot. Exactly. You just keep trying to win until you reach Generation 7. That's going to be really rough when you get to Gen 6, I feel like. Just because Gen 6 only added like 70 new Pokemon. They relied heavily on older decks. Granted, yeah, but Gen 5 is going to Gen be Gen 5 is a cakewalk. Gen 5 is a cakewalk. But I, I just imagine Gen 6 being super rough because you get in there and it's like, well, Route 1, there's a Pidgey, there's a Rattata. At least I guess you get to wait for that, uh, not Sapuyo, what, Scatterbug. That's the name. You get to wait for Scatterbug. You can get Fletchling and Scatterbug, and in the forest you get... I mean, what were the chances that you got all of the dumb elemental monkeys in Gen 5? Oh, none. my gosh. Oh, you'll get Pretty one, I think. None. I think you get they one. They weren't catchable, so... They are they catchable in the... in the One is given to you, and the others are catchable in the shaking patches of grass in Pinguin well, Forest. don't go there. I would be so sad I that I have to use one. The shaking patches of grass have whimsical. They're not well. horrible in a Nuzlocke. They're like hor. I honestly, as like Pokemon, I think they're just horrible. But they're not horrible in a Nuzlocke. That's fair, but I'm, in general, they're just horrible. Very few things That's are entirely so horrible in a Nuzlocke. 
Yeah. And a moment, a, a moment of silence for, for, um, what's his name? Simiseer? Simiseer. The most hated Pokemon of all time, according to that one Japanese poll. They're not wrong. I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's much worse, I think. I, There's way I, I feel like that should be a three-way tie between all of them, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with Sublime there. I think I think if you just look at the elemental monkeys as a whole, I, Gen 5's guilty of this real hard in general. They're really bad at just copy-pasting because you look at the monkeys, we got essentially six Pokemon that were all the same Pokemon because you count, you know, Pansage, Panseer, Pan... Poor, and then you've got Semi-Poor, Semi-Seer, and Semi-Sage. Those are all the same Pokemon. And they, they could they took one Pokemon model and just kind of translated it over. I mean, yeah, but you could say that about... This is strange, because you could say the same thing about the Evolutions, and everyone loves those. That is, I think, a different case, though. If you say... So if you were to take a monkey, just like a normal-type monkey... And you're just like, well, depending on what stone you use on it, it's going to turn into a different po- different monkey. I think you could have made Pan Sage, Pan Seer, and Pan Poor all significantly cooler if you just duplicated the Eevee formula onto it. I think the idea of know. taking something that has incredible potential and then giving it multiple paths, I think that's a big thing. And I mean, branching evolutions is something we haven't seen much of lately. I mean, everyone would have just screamed Eevee clone. I, I'd be okay with that, though, more than, more than copy and paste monkeys. I mean, if you have uh, to do an Eevee clone, please don't use a monkey. Yeah, that's fair. I think an interesting avenue that they haven't followed, though, is instead of making more evolutions to fill out the types, right? We we have eight evolutions, so nine types are covered, right? Let's make another normal type Pokemon. And then, because like fighting type Eevee doesn't really make that much sense, make it like bipedal, and then depending on how it evolves, it can evolve into a fighting type. It can evolve into a... Uh, what are, What are we missing? A dragon type. It can evolve into... Um, what rock and ground and stuff like that? I think that'd be really cool. I think I think we could get an EV clone, but with different types, and I think I'd be okay with that. I mean, it should probably start from another type mm. because if you get another type ghost. and then the eight evolution, you just yeah, a ghost or fairy or fighting. It would be. I could see it being like a fighting type, and then like it evolves into like a ground type or something like that, um, or maybe like a fighting ground type or something. You know, make it dual type when it evolves or something like that. It wouldn't be it wouldn't know. be like the same guess, exactly as Eevee, but I mean that's that's exactly the point, right? We don't want it to be an Eevee clone like straight up. I suppose. No, no. What about you, Sublime? How's it been? Well, between my more than full time teacher life, on top of my full time grad student life, um, I haven't done a lot. I've been playing Pokken some since Aegis Last came out to see how that is, and I don't like it. Uh, Aegis Last, that is. Um, I was like, well, we'll see how Blastoise is. Um, but I had been trying to try out different characters that i might enjoy since they added that three on three mode and i had mostly just been playing like my main which is gengar so i'm trying to discover other pokemon that i like and i found that i really like playing as Braxen as well um yeah honestly really if i were to if i were to pick somebody for you uh sublime i'd say Braxen. yeah it's very it's my aesthetic yeah it's, it's like it's just like your personality in a pokemon mm-hmm. it, it is um so it's, it feels correct <laughs> and then I caught a Swablu, which is one of the new Pokemon that got released yesterday in Pokemon mm-hmm. Go. Ooh, yeah. That Pokemon and I've been uh, level prepping for Joaquin Luna for PTU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have to get that going. I have to. Oh, yeah. My life has been like super hectic, especially this week. 
Oh, man. So a lot of real life stuff going on because, as you can imagine, graduating and having to plan the rest of my mm-hmm. life is a little, it's just like a little stressful. Like just a little bit. Just a little bit. bit. Just a it, little takes, bit. it takes up a little bit of my time trying to figure that out. And then we've had a lot of other Pokemon stuff go on uh, around here. Like the Pokemon event, uh, we're also prepping to go to St. Louis Regionals next weekend. So that's exciting. It's really scary mm-hmm. that I have to drive like six hours in less than a week now. Uh, to get to St. Louis, so I, I'm looking forward slash not looking forward to it. Self-driving cars need to happen. <laughs> I just like the whole idea because I know I'm going to drive most of it. Uh, my wife doesn't like driving in the dark, and so I know what's going to happen is like she'll take like the first like two hours, and then the sun will set because it's winter, and then Thatch gets to drive the rest of the way. It's gonna yeah. Be- I, but if anybody's going to St. Louis Regionals, definitely hit me up. I think Bo is going to be there as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And it, so next week's podcast is going to be a little bit different than this week's because it's going to be me and Bo and my wife sitting down and we're going to be talking about our experience going to regionals. I'm pretty excited for it, though. This is like one of the things that I've been wanting to do is just go to a regional event and just to say I have and be done with it. <laughs> I, I've gone to, I've gone to I've gone to premiere challenges and midseason showdowns. I do those for funsies, like if somebody else invites me. But this is completely different. And it, it should be fun. I don't I don't think there will be anything bad about it. Yeah, so, I think you're gonna have a great time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean also I get to hang out with Bo, so it's not gonna be Exactly. It's not gonna well, be Well, I was referring to that, not to the regional itself. <laughs> the regional could be fun too though. Uh, the regional, oh, I don't, sure. my, so my wife gets super competitive when it comes to things like this. And so she's been playing showdown for like two, three hours a day, getting prepped for this, like working on, working on understanding the meta and where teams fit in the meta and stuff like that. And so I, I honestly expect her to do better than me. Like I expect to go like four, four and like five or something like that. I probably won't, I'll probably drop out so I can do side events or something, but I, I fully expect to go like four and five or something and then she'll just do phenomenally and she'll probably maybe hopefully she'll top cut so we can make money so yeah it was a profitable trip <laughs> that would be cool have you have you already picked your team uh i'm so i've been playing around with some stuff i don't know if i'm gonna finalize it yet uh the oceanic internationals are going on right now and the top cuts happening today while we're recording so all right i don't want to like i want to take a look at that before i say yes or no because I'm playing like a very meta-esque team and I want to see what else is winning out there and just get a feel for it. Because I, I mean, I can change the team whenever I want. I'm not too worried about it. And I just need to lock it in the day of the regional, right? And so I just, I, I need to sit down and play with some other stuff. I, I'm getting a feel for VGC. It's just one of those things I've never really gotten a grasp on. I always, I always know what my opponent's going to do and then I walk right into it, if that makes any sense. I mean, like, mm-hmm. he's probably going to protect with that. And then I double into it, you know, and it's just and then I hit myself in the head. I'm like, why would I double into it? I told myself he was going to protect with it. Yeah, I managed to do that in singles as well. So <laughs> <laughs> singles I can handle. I like singles is like not a it, I don't want to say it's not a challenge. I've definitely found I become bored playing like meta OU. I can't sit down and play meta OU because I just don't think it's fun to like sit there and be like, oh, yeah, McGearna slash Lando. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I don't like please, that, personally. Please don't mention that. I, I don't like that, playing that. I mean, if you look at my EUTC yeah. team, I brought Mega Sceptile. Come on. Like, 
Uh, one of these things is definitely different than the others, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I like playing stuff like that, and I want to get that to transfer over to VGC, but I also haven't been able to handle the meta stuff yet. And I mm. really like being able to... I like being able to drive like the stereotypical team teams just because I can then sit down when I battle it and be like, okay, if this were me, this is how I would play it. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that way I can at least like play against the opponent, but I, I don't plan on doing that. Well, I just want to go there and get some cool swag. I was thinking about doing the TCG, but it's too late now. I already signed up, but that's uh that's going to be it for the intro guys. We got some news to talk about, so let's kick it on over to the news. So cue that epic music. <laughs> Radio Tower. This just in. And on to the news. So in the news, there isn't much going on, actually. A lot of Pokemon Go stuff. I, I should re- honestly retitle the name of the news segment to the Pokemon Go segment, because every week they're doing something now. But in Pokemon Go, they finally released most of the rest of Gen 3. I think they're missing, like, Kecleon, Spinda, the Nikita line. I think those are the only things they're missing right now, outside of the legendaries and stuff like that. So you can actually go ahead and go catch all of these right now because they tied it in with an event. Until Tuesday, only Hoenn Pokemon are going to appear in Pokemon Go. Uh, this event is also known as the Swablu event. Yes. that's all you can ever find. Is. Although, you know what? I've been seeing a lot of Torchic, and I'm really close to getting a Blaziken. Ooh. Yeah, I got a Blaziken not too long ago. But I hatched like three of them because it turns out they changed the rarity of the starters in the five kilometer eggs so that the car- starters are more common. So good for them, though. Good for them. We could do a Pokemon Go podcast, but if you're interested in catching the Bagon line, Tropius, well, not Tropius, if you, unless you live in Africa. I don't know if we have any listeners in South Africa, but if you are there, you can go catch a Tropius right now. And then also there's the Beldum line, the Talo line, the Wingle line, and the Surskit line. All of those guys are out now. Um, and on top of that, Swablu. I forgot to put Swablu in the notes. How did I forget that? How did you forget? Like, that's what I'm living for. It's like, I'm not playing much of Go anymore, mm-hmm. simply because I, I've had a sore throat since New Year's Day. It's so, so hard in winter, too, by the way. Like, yeah. And I just, I haven't play Go, played Go in like a month and a half, except for, you know, sometimes I turn it on and I see what's in my house and it's often just stupid stuff that I don't want, but... I really want the Swablu. Just walk outside. <laughs> they're literally everywhere. I swear to God, they're like rats. I wish it was the same here. Or maybe your biome is different from mine. That's very that's very possible, I think. Mm-mm. However, that's what's going on right now in Pokemon Go. So on Tuesday, that's happening. Uh, don't forget Pokemon Go Community Days on the 24th as well, where they're going to be doing three hours of like Dratini everywhere. So do that. I need to do that. I'm planning on I need just to do catching that. all of the Dratini. They also know oh, a fine. secret move that we don't know. And they're tripling Stardust during that time as well. So definitely, if you need Stardust, that's a good time to go get Stardust. Uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon got patched this week, by the way, because the VGC events were just dying all the time. Because Curse, Forest Curse, Power Trick, and String Shot could all cause the game to freeze if you were doing the local connection 
string shot is just hilarious. I I just find that all like this game had so many bugs in it when they when they like because we've had two patches now. The first one was because Ion Deluge didn't work like at all, mm-hmm. and there was another move that didn't work at all either. And they fixed that with the first patch. And then we go to be fair, nobody's using Ion Deluge, but. This patch actually went ahead and we had so many moves that were just awfully broken. And I just can't believe it. I can't get over it. They, they I think they banned them from one of the recent tournaments too because you can't use you like they would just freeze the game. Mm-mm. And it happened on stream during the regional, I believe back the Dallas regional. They had a freeze oh. happen because of this. Yeah. Oh wow. Just, yeah, it's awful. Awkward. Yeah. Very. <laughs> I just feel like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon were just kind of like pushed out, which honestly makes me think there's another game in the works because they probably didn't focus too much on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. They reused a lot of assets, a lot of story. I, I, I know I've said it before. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some kind of Gen 4 remake. I think I think this is a pipe dream of yours, but well, one of us, one of us is going to be very wrong. So I mean, it's going to be me uh, more than likely. Uh, I, I don't I, know. I, I'm 80-20 on the, the we're going to get a Pokemon Switch game in 2019, and then 20% on we're getting a Gen 4 remake at the end of the year for 3DS. That's uh that's my that's my thought right now, especially with them confirming they're not killing off the 3DS yet. They're pretty much just like, people keep buying it. We, we're not going to stop. And then we get the 3DS. It just keeps going and going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny, yep. except it's a 240p screen. And it <laughs> just keeps going and going. Every time I remember that number, it just blows my mind. That is 240? Isn't that nuts, though? Like, that's so yeah. low res. So low. I, to be fair, most of the people that develop for it, though, are really good at hiding that. Yes. They're so good at hiding it. And because, like, you have to really stare at a Pokemon game to really realize the pixels. It just blows my mind. If you play Fire Emblem, you would never tell. Yeah, exactly. It just blows my mind how well it's done. So good on the 3DS for being a 3DS. It's honestly one of those things that I think could happen, though. We could see a Gen 4 remake this year for for 3DS. If, it, if, if there is a Gen 4 remake this year, it will be for 3DS. It will not yes. be some kind of cross-release or anything. No. Definitely. It'll be on 3DS. But I think, I think the way Nintendo's been hyping it up, well, not Nintendo, but the community's been hyping it up, it's going to be one of those situations where Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon gets announced and everybody gets super disappointed there's no game for the Switch. And then and then uh, Ishihara has to come on the E3 presentation and be like, "There, there, it's coming. We promise." <laughs> that was that was so awkward. That's exactly what happened, though. You know, that's what happened. They didn't plan on putting him in that presentation, and until Ultra Sun Ultra Moon were announced like a week before, and everybody flipped out. Well, not everybody, but the community flipped out. It was it definitely interesting. It was definitely interesting. There's a new global mission, by the way. Uh, I forget when it ends. But you should go sign up for it, by the way. I think it ends on the 15th, 19th, something sounds like right. that. That sounds like a global mission. It's go collect all the Pokebeans. Wow. Yay. <laughs> so go and do that. It's so boring. And that is all for the Pokemon Just, news. I used to be able to find do that. super interesting stories. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like, there's apparently people who haven't been told this yet you don't have to click on every single pokebean just swipe i used to be able to find really interesting news stories like fun facts and stuff like that if you listen to early puckle like when there was a really slow news team or news cycle which happened way more often back then than now granted because we weren't following like four or five different game communities we would just like google pokemon news and you could pull up a pokemon news like thread on google 
and you could find some interesting things like defective lollipops and stuff like that, which were always fun stories. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And so uh, I can't do that anymore because Pokemon Go exists. Like, no joke. <laughs> you try to, like, find some Pokemon news and it just gets flooded with Pokemon Go and just, like, random, like, by the way, new Pokemon came out in Pokemon Go and it's from, like, three months ago. And that's the kind of stuff they flood my feed with. Oh, yeah, no, the worst thing now is that if I look, like, I need to look up a Pokemon stat. Oh, God. And, like, I want to, like, maybe know them at a certain level. And if the number happens to be, like, when you're hunting for legendaries, right, you want to know what stats you're aiming for so you can software that more easily. And if the Pokemon is one that is in Pokemon Go already, like, it's going to oh, take man. you, like, three pages of google search to find what you're looking for ah. yeah it's uh, pokemon go is the best and worst thing that ever happened and oh well oh moving on though we have some puckle news just to cover here guys first of all if you're in the UUTC, keep it up it's still going strong i'm, I'm 2-0 right now i'm super happy whimsicott's gonna play tonight and she's also gonna be 2-0 maybe no, um, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> uh, there's there's a few Pokemon on Aggie's team that I'm incredibly scared of. And Aggie, you know, he's good, so mm-hmm. Oh, he's way better. He got he was one of those people that was like most improved. The, he was definitely one most of those improved. like success stories from Summer League. That's absolutely yeah. what Aggie mm-hmm. is. Like I love I love Summer mm-hmm. League when you can see that. I mean Piddle was the same way this year too. There are a lot of people you just like see like get into it in the second half. And they just exploded. I think British Gent's a good one for that. Mm-hmm. He's a good example of that. He really came into it. Ozzy as well. Ozzy became yeah. like a real contender at the end. And so like there are just a ton of people who are super like who improved incredibly well during the summer league or not the summer league, the draft league, which made me happy. I, I can't wait for the second one just to be able to watch the matches. I don't think I'm going to participate this next season, but just because life right now, life is mm-hmm. hectic. And so... Uh, I think Shamu is going to take over for me and mm-hmm. because Shamu and I were working together to begin with. And so it's just going to be flop. He's going to be in the driver's seat. I'll be the guy sitting there being like, yeah, maybe you should make that move. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be where we're at. But that's uh, speaking of Piddle, though, by the way, uh, those applications should be coming soon because you will have to apply to be a Piddle coach this year. And we're going to go ahead and get that going because we we're in the process of re-tiering right now. And we'll see how it moves forward. But yeah, that's going to be it for the news. So we're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. Whimsicott and Sublime today are going to be competing against the rest of the co-host for the points. It's a race to whoever has 30 points first. Right now, I believe Skrawn is in first with 15 points, but Sublime, you're pretty close with 12. So you'll be able to hopefully take him over today. But uh, Whimsicott, you have yet to get on the board, so I can't say anything about you. And we're going to go ahead, as always. I've had a sore throat for a month and a half. (laughs) That's the only thing that could keep me away from trivia. As always, we have five questions for you guys here today. 
What each question is worth five points. One or one point, not five points. Well, wait, wait, question... no, 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 Thatch. Now each question is worth five points. <laughs> yeah, each point is worth five. That's correct. Each every point. every every question is worth a point, and one of these questions will be uh, will ha- include a bonus point. So if you get both answers, you will get an extra point, and you have a hint that you can use on any of these questions if you need it. Of course, you can always answer all of the questions correctly and then cash that hint in for an extra point, giving you a total of seven points possible today. So if you guys are ready, we'll jump right into it. Okay. So I asked this question. uh, Question number one is for Whimsicott being here, just because I wanted to know. I found this little tidbit, and I thought it was incredibly interesting. But in terms of release dates for Pokemon... There was one generation of games that was actually released in Europe before North America. What generation was that? Oh, gosh, I used to know this. Um, well, hey, wait, wait, wait. In Europe before the United States? Yes. Okay, technically, there's three. Technically, okay, explain, please. Generation six and Generation seven were both released. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't count because the the, the physical (laughs) date has to be the same. Time zones don't count. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm pretty sure it was. It was. um, Oh gosh! It's like oh. Difference of a week or less. Um, and it's a generation, right? It's not a set of games or a game. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say generation. So it would be the first in a set of genera- first set okay. of games in a generation. I, I guess Sublime doesn't know this, right? Um, <laughs> because I'm thinking uh, it could have been... What are you thinking? I was thinking it might have been Generation 2. But I, like, was, I remember. I don't know why. I was thinking Gen 5. Mm, Gen 5. Pokemon Black, Pokemon White. I don't think it was Gen 5. You would know. No, I wouldn't. I would defer to you on that. I would not know. Um, I, I, I read it on, uh, on Bulbapedia once and I was blown away. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll just gonna have to like shut in the dark because I don't remember. Isn't the first question supposed to be easy, Thash? Sometimes. Not today. <laughs> what do you wanna do, Sublime? Do you wanna go with Gen two? Do you wanna go with Gen five? Do you wanna? Um, let's go with Gen it? five. I Gen two. I guess let's go with Gen two. Okay, let's say Generation two because I just don't remember. Generation 2 is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is actually Generation 5. You have to- Oh no. my You're god. So close. Gen 5 sorry, actually sorry. released like I think it was like 5 days earlier in Europe or something like that. Something because I like believe that. it came out on the 11th in the United States and then in 2011. Um, I feel like we should get that. I feel like you should March just give 11th. it to us. So I can't just give it to you. <laughs> uh, but you guys were so close. I mean, you had a 50-50 chance and you went for Gen 2, so. Yeah, All right. I'm sorry. So uh, question number two comes from Linian. So speaking of Gen 5, uh, in Gen 5, if you guys remember, you get the lock capsule. It was part of an event. Uh, that could, it was an item that could be transferred into 
Generation 5, uh, when you had the Raikou and Entei and Suicune, uh, the shiny ones uh. that from Gen 4 and you moved them over, you got this lock capsule and you can unlock it. And you got that was the only way to get Zorua at the time, which just blows my mind that this Pokemon was like pseudo mythical for I, I totally forgot about that. And I'm like, yeah, no, that was weird. But this lock capsule, you could get it unlocked. And I want to know if you guys remember what was in it when you unlocked the lock capsule in Generation 5. I never had a lock capsule. How am I supposed to know that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I never I never Yell brought my, my shiny general, shiny general, shiny legendary beasts uh, from Gen 4 to Gen 5. You had to do so, a specific transfer method as well. Like you couldn't do yes. the, the normal Poke Transporter. You had to do something else. Yes, you had to do something specific. Um, what was in the lock capsule? Yes. This is such a hard question. Yell at Linian then. Um, Linian! How could you do hmm. this to us? So, Sublime, let's, let's walk this... Let's walk All right, so okay, so you bring over shiny sweet shiny dogs. Exactly. And you get and then... an object and you unlock it and once you unlock it you get a Zoroark? Zorua? I yeah, think it I was think, Zoroark. I believe it was Zorua. It was one of those two. It, it was Zoroark, I think. I think it was was it Zoro Hmm. It doesn't matter. It was it was Zoroark. And um and there must and there was something inside. Do you want to use the hint, Sublime? Because we've blown sure. The, sure. the bonus point. That's true. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should use the hint on the bonus question, though. Because we're no we're use it on this one. You'll get the bonus question. I'm pretty sure I'll get the bonus question. All right, we'll use it on this one then. Okay, we trust you, Thatch. Please do. I hope. I hope my trust isn't misplaced in you. Uh, so. The so the ah oh man so this item is actually readily available in generations that follow generation five. Um, this is something that you can obtain. It, it's it's a one of item though. You only ever get one of these. Only ever get one of those. Yeah, and, it, and it, you use it on Pokemon. You use the item on a Pokemon, is... and it does oh, something to the Pokemon. What wait is. Wearability capsules a thing in Generation Five? No, they most definitely were not. Oh gosh. Um. Um. You have one. You use it on a Pokemon, and it does something. I'm completely drawing a blank. If it's not an ability capsule. Oh gosh. Uh. Okay. Let's think. So it's. It has a... to kind of do with Zoroark if it helps any. Zoroark is a Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. I like this train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting somewhere. Uh, yeah, it is a Pokemon that... I can't think of an item that you like interacts with it. Like, it's the illusion dude. Like, but what oh, it's not have? exclusive to Zoroark. It can be used in other things as well. I'm sure, but like... Hmm. I, like, it's the entire concept of an item that you only get one off ever... But is readily available in generation six and seven. Like, do you mean? Oh, they only get one, one of those in generation six and seven as well. Yeah, so exactly. it's like a key item. It's like a key item, but you can't use key items on Pokemon except for the DNA splicers, which you don't get. Wait display. a minute! I'm gonna need an no, answer no. here. Oh. What? I what like, oh wait, DNA splicers, but those didn't come in until black to white to. Um... No, and they don't. They. 
they don't count as that. It's not a key hmm. item. Okay, oh, fine. I really what I this oh, what question. Oh, what No, you can get more than one. You can get more than one of that. Mm. And you don't use it, you give it. Just it's it's insane. It's if it's not an ability capsule, no, but you you get more than one. Okay, okay, I need an answer. I need an answer. Just like shoot in the dark, figure something out. Okay, shoot in the dark. You use it on a Pokemon, and it does something, and you only get one, so it's not consumable. So it's um, sublime. Hell, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They were previously consumable. Oh. 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 It's a TM. It's Dark Pulse. Is that your final answer? Yes. Uh, So I'm going to give you the point. Uh, Yay! It's not for Dark Pulse. But it is a TM. It's a TM for Snarl. Um, That makes sense. Previous to this, Snarl was only available through that event as a TM. And so, that, that, I mean, that was kind of a big deal back in the day because Snarl was used a lot on like Arcanine and stuff like that. It still is, but um, it, it, Snarl is a move that sees some use. It's a good VGC move. I actually ran into Piddle on my Soycoon once to counteract, I think, a, a ghost type once. I was like, I could get walled by this and this if I bring Scald, and I'm just like, I'll just bring Snarl. It'll still hit super effective. Assault Vest Suicune with Snarl and Icy Wind. Somebody no was running Soycoon this week, actually, on the Oceanic Regionals. But I digress. Let's move on. So I'll give you the point. That's one point for you guys. Oh, thank that you. That was All a right. struggle. I mean, you essentially uh, gave rough. me the answer. It was a little okay, bit of a I'll struggle. Take it. I'll it's take fine. it because the, the question was so hard. That was so, a rough one. <laughs> so I think this one gets easier. Uh, which hope. type has the least pure monotype Pokemon? What type has the fewest monotype Pokemon of Oh, that is... Oh, flying. you know what? I was actually flying. looking at this pretty recently. It's flying. Oh, you're right. It There's has one. to be flying. I was thinking Steel only has like four, but Flying has, like flying has yeah. one. Flying has like two or one. Yeah. No, <laughs> Flying has one. Flying has one. Well, no, yeah. I mean, you, do you count uh, Tornadus's two forms? No, I'd count this one. It's one. Okay. Uh, that, that is correct. Uh, it is Flying. <laughs> so that's two points for you guys. Yay. Okay. So question number four, that's your bonus question. This one has the bonus point associated with it. So we know that the number of legendary Pokemon has kind of crept up in every generation. You kind of get more and more and more. I think Gen 5 being a huge offender of that, right? And um, Gen 4 was pretty bad too. Don't come for Gen 5. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so it turns out though that we we have this this idea of legendary Pokemon being the number of them being crept up, but there were actually two generations that uh, there are subsequent generations and they had the same number of legendary Pokemon. Now I would like to make the distinction between legendary and mythical here. Um, don't count like Shaman and Darkrai or Mew or Celebi or any of that stuff. Okay. Uh, when you're doing your stuff like that. Uh, they have yeah. the same number. They, they have the same number of legendary Pokemon. And I will say the answer is nine. They both had nine legendary Pokemon and these are generations that are back to back. So okay. you have to say two numbers huh. that are subsequent. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure they're four and five, but since you know it's two points, let's. Uh, no, I can through. think of at least ten and five. Yeah. 
Yes, because you have, oh, well, I guess Keldeo is a, uh, Keldeo mythical, is a isn't mythical. it? JK, that puts it at nine. Um, I think it's four and five that. then, yeah, because let's go through the Gen 4 legendaries. You have okay. the uh, time and space trio, if you count Giratina, so that's three. Yes. You have the, the Lake, Lake Guardian garbage trio, so that's six. Yeah. And then you have, oh, Eitron? wait, Darkrai is a mythical. But Cresselia but have is not. Heatran. You have Heatran Cresselia. and Cresselia. And, Does uh, Regigigas count as a legendary? Yes. Then that would be nine. Exactly. And in Generation 5, you have um, uh, the, the Dragon Trio. The Three Musketeers. The, the Three Musketeers uh, and the Three Genies. Yes. Everything else is mythical. Correct. It's Generation 4 and 5. Got That's it. your final answer? Yes. That is correct. That gives you two more points. That gives you guys four points for today. Oh. All right. And as always, question number five is a base stat question. I, I like to ask these just because it gives people a feel for what Pokemon they, they have and what po- how bulky or how strong a certain Pokemon is. So I'm looking at the defense stat today, and I want to know mm-hmm. what fighting type Pokemon has the highest base defense. Uh, okay, let's get through this. Mm, Buzzwell's really bulky. Buzzwell is really bulky. I was thinking about Buzzwell as well. Mm, there is also... Mm, I don't, Mega Heracross doesn't have that great of a defense, does it? It's I all attack. No, it's like all attack. Exactly. Well, Buzzwell is swole. So, <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, fighting type legendaries so are the last time hard I was on. We got highest special defense for fighting type, and that was Verizian, and that was oh. a stat of one twenty nine. Um, and Cavalian is the inverse stat spread of Verizian. Yeah, and yes, it has but a I... defense of 129. So the question is, how high is Buzzwell's defense? Do you happen to know off the top of your head? No, I don't because I don't use Buzzwell. I don't like it. But I remember, I remember checking it, and it was really high. I think we should go with Buzzwell. Yeah, let's go with Buzzwell. That's your final answer? Gonna... Yeah. yeah, let's go with Buzzwell. That is correct. Buzzwell has a base defense of 139. So Ooh, ten points higher. Than yeah, Cabela. that's pretty bulky, man. You could. You, I was uh, playing against somebody who was running uh, Sub Punch Buzzwool on stream. I believe it was Rotted, and that was. I mean, that was pretty good. It's a good set, yeah. and it works out really well because Buzzwool is, like you guys said, incredibly bulky. Exactly. I I don't use it, but I remember running Calks a couple of times to go up against it, mm-hmm. and I remember like there was no way of getting through it with a physical type attack unless it was a flying type attack. So that changes up the leaderboard significantly. We're gonna go ahead. Let me let me do my buttons here. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna sort it. And so Sublime, you are now in first place with seventeen Yay. points, followed up by Scrawn with fifteen points, and then it just kind of falls off real hard. We've got uh, tied for third place, Bosephus and Basket, with six points apiece. Oh my uh, god, that is a big drop. And then we have Snag, Dr. Shamu, Viger, and Whimsicott all tied for fifth place with five points apiece. And then we have Jushiro with three points in ninth place and Maximus with one point in tenth place. And so that is where the standings are. Tune in next week to see how your hosts fare in Puckle's Pokey Quiz.
We are going to take a short break now, guys, and we'll be right back at you with the topic. Hey, Puckalonians, it's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast? Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube all from our website, PucklePodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Puckalonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube at YouTube slash Puckle Podcast. And we also have a Patreon if you're able to give anything at patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be discussing the rules that are left to break in Pokemon in preparation for Generation 8. So we say this in those terms because Pokemon definitely has a set of rules in what makes a Pokemon game a Pokemon game. And recently, they've been going ahead and just breaking these conventions, right? I think the biggest descriptors for this are, one, we always said Pokemon won't ever get a fourth evolution. And that that convention was broken in Generation 6 with Mega Evolution. They found a nice nifty little way around that, granted. Yeah. And then another one would be well, there's going to be eight Pokemon gyms, and now we've got trials. I think those. I think those yeah. are the big ones that stick out of our head. But there's plenty of other ones that just sit oh, there yeah. and they tell you what a Pokemon game is. And I, like, there is not going to be a sequel to a Pokemon game. Hello, Gen Five. Yeah. Black right. Yep. Black two white two. And if we're all disappointed a, that it didn't happen. If you have a third version, exactly. <laughs> if you have a third version, it's gonna be just one game. Hello, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah. Oh, that that was so disappointing, though. I just want to take a minute and just be like, just let everybody know that I'm disappointed by Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I don't want to say it like closer to the release because I like I everyone was hyping it at the release and I was being a negative Nancy because that's what I do. And I was getting a lot of flack for it. But now people are seeing it my way. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I well, honestly, I was just trying to stay very positive about it because what they were showing us was very different. And I was kind of expecting more different than what we got. You know, we we had the same game up until about the Fifth Island. The trials were different, granted, and I think they were done better, personally. But I really wish we would have gotten something that was more of a sequel to Sun and Moon than what we got, um, which is unfortunate. I think we were all hoping that for that, and then they told us that it wasn't really a sequel; it was a reimagining. And honestly, I was probably I just probably had the blinders on when that happened. I don't know. I was kind of in between you two, like. I was sure it was going to be essentially platinum. But then they kept putting out all of these trailers with all of these amazing story scenes. And I thought, well, maybe it's platinum, but better. And then it turned out that all of the amazing story stuff they were putting in the trailers was like 10 minutes during the game and 10 minutes post-game. Exactly. I think the big thing for that... Uh, my one of my group mates actually went ahead and summed up really well. He's just like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were the games that they should have put out instead of Sun and Moon, uh, and he's not entirely wrong. I think part of the reason we could appreciate Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon the way we do is because Sun and Moon were were a thing. I don't know that we would have the same appreciation for some of the advances it made had we not had Sun and Moon prior. Um, it, it's kind of one of those things like how do you know evil without or how do you know good without knowing evil. And yeah, though this is an ex- extreme. It's a Pokemon game, right? Uh, <laughs> that shouldn't make us have to enjoy like bad Pokemon games, though. I, I, so I get. I know that I give Gen Three a lot of flack, but I wouldn't say they're a bad game in general. I would say they are a bad Pokemon game. 
though granted in retrospect we've done a whole episode on it about two months ago now back in gen 3 go yeah. listen to it if you haven't already i'm on and it. i yeah exactly and i think it's very good for the series as a whole and honestly Ultra, or omega ruby alpha sapphire aren't that bad in retrospect i think there's a difference between a good pokemon game and a bad pokemon game and that essentially accentu- accentuated the problem right yeah, and that is the difference between Gen 3 and Gen 4, with Gen 3 being the good game and Gen 4 being the bad game. Okay, but so you're wrong, but it's fine. It's it's No, know. I agree with you, Imzakot. I agree Thank with you, you Imzakot. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on to Gen 8. Yeah, Gen what, 8. Yes. What, what can we break? I, so How one of the... are they going to surprise us? That's Still a waiting good for a Dark-type gym. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I, I don't, well, so you're, you're waiting for a Dark-type gym, right? I, I want to pose the question, and I, I posed this earlier when we are discussing this topic. Uh, what Do we think there's actually going to be gyms? Because they've broken that convention. I don't think we've seen the last of them. I, I realize that they can now do other things, and I expect them to continue to explore other things. But I feel like gyms are still like such an integral part of like what we know as Pokemon that they would be willing to use it again as well. Especially since you're moving the game to a different console that is not just a sequel of your previous console. It's an entirely different concept. And you need to give your audience something familiar to cling to. That's true. I I think that we're going to get some kind of middle ground, personally. I think we're going to move away from the whole gym concept uh, like just being like, oh, I just go through this little mini dungeon and I battle some trainers and I battle the gym leader. I think what we're going to get is some kind of hybrid between. I, this is what I would like to see. This probably isn't something that we're going to get. But what I think would be, work really well is like a mini quest, right? Where you go to the gym, but you have to go through essentially a quote unquote trial before you can battle the gym leader. And then instead of a totem Pokemon at the end, you have your gym battle. So essentially, you want to make it an anime esque. Yeah, I think that would work really well, though. Yeah, I I agree. I think that would work really well, especially on the Switch, because you can think of it kind of like Breath of the Wild quest, right? You could just exactly. go ahead and be like, "Hey, I, I'm going on this little mini quest, and then at the end, I can battle the gym leader, get my badge, and move on." And I like I think, that. I think that's a nice little story perk that you can just kind of throw in there. And you can use it to help build the gym leaders up as characters, which I think Pokemon has been really bad at doing, minus maybe Gen 5. Maybe. I'm saying yep, maybe. Yep. More uh, reasons to love Gen 5. True. Mm-mm. I think the character development for gym leaders has been really weak, looking at you, Ramos. And <laughs> poor, Ramos. <laughs> poor Ramos. Poor Ramos. Right? Uh, but I think, and I think that's a nice little convention. And I, I said this before, I think, on the show, but if we're talking about things that we think Game Freak is going to do right to change things up, I think that they're going to go ahead and just do little things. That seems very Game Freak, right? We get this idea yeah. that we'll get some kind of tidbit about something changing in the games, right? And it's kind of it's kind of gets hyped up in the community and it ends up being this kind of underwhelming feature. And that, that's a very Game Freak move. Uh, that's how I would I describe it. I don't know. There it. are... There are some tiny things that are incredibly relevant. Like, like sitting on benches. No, I was like, you know Laying how... Laying on we, beds. <laughs> you know how we came to discuss that this might be our topic today? We were thinking about how easy it is nowadays to essentially make competitive Pokemon. Because you can synchronize the nature. You can... Um, uh, hyper train you can uh, use an ability capsule so i would like to point out 
between Gen, uh, what's it called? Gen six and Gen seven. They took that away though, uh, to some extent. I, I know that with uh, with the no, with no. the with the Poke Pelago, you can do EVs, but they took away super training. That's no longer an yes, option for you. But it's it's in Festival Plaza. The bouncy houses. Kind of, yes. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same, but it's... It's, it's not as easy to tune like your EVs very like that. Particular. Let's put it this way. If you have the time, you have Pelago, and you you have to do literally well, nothing. Yes, however, that requires a time investment that Super Training did not. Mm-hmm. I think Super exactly. Training was a much better way to, su- to EV train. If you wanted to do it fast, you used Super Training. Mm-hmm. I mean... Or actually, you would... You would horde battle, and they took that away too. Exactly, exactly. Well, they, I mean, they had to take those you away. Have SOS battles, <laughs> and SOS battles, if you have the right tools, are even faster than horde battles. Not, yeah. they are. They are if you have the right tools. You just need like seven encounters to max out a stat. Your problem is you have less control with SOS encounters. Yeah, that's true as well. Um. Well, you know what I actually think might just happen when they go to the Switch that would just completely eliminate all of the effort is I think they might try to copy Showdown and just let you create your team um, how you want it. I I would not like that. No, I don't see that. I don't think that'll happen. I think that I think that's one of the if we're talking about rules. I think that's one of the rules in Pokemon is that you still need to you need to quote unquote work for it. Well, exactly. I actually. Well, hey, you can rent teams now, so you really already don't have to work for it. You can rent teams to practice with, but you couldn't take those teams to a competition. Exactly. But if they're, I especially think... because they're making competitive Pokemon more of a sport now, right? I could absolutely seeing them like do as much as they can to eliminate the barrier to entry. I, I think they've done a lot for that. They have, exactly. but I, I think, think they, they can do go more. That far, I mean, I think the next step is like a nature capsule. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the way to go. Maybe a nature capsule. I think that's all we'll ever see. I don't think you can go much farther than that. Because if you go and you say, hey, let's just build Pokemon, yeah, maybe. But part of it is they always want to like stress the training aspect of Pokemon. If you watch these streams and stuff like that exactly. during the Oceanic Re- you... International and stuff like that. They always stress this is how you train your Pokemon. And they don't expect they don't go, Well, that's how you invest in your Pokemon. They 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 definitely no. I think they tell the commentators to stay away from the word invest. And they tell them to use the word train instead. I think the problem is whether or not you break the illusion that you're still buying into a story of, I I train my Pokemon, I love it, and it's going to work for me. Because if you, if you can essentially gen your teams, you take away the illusion of it still being tied to the, tied to the story of a trainer and, and his or her Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're willing to go that far. I think, like, just being competitive, you do break that already. I, yes, I don't think that's the intention of Pokemon. Exactly. Like, they, they need to keep a veneer of illusion that this is still about, oh, I love my Pokemon And I feel so like much. that exists in the games when you're playing through the game. But when you're playing a competitive, like, tournament, that goes out the window completely already. It goes out the window in the minds of the competitors, but not in the minds of the people running the tournament. If that makes sense. They have very strict rules about hacked Pokemon. If they find that you've hacked a Pokemon, you get kicked out. That's in the rules right now for VGC. And granted, I know there are plenty, probably most of the people that go 
to these events. They're definitely hacking and genning these Pokemon. I mean, you, you look at Wolf Glick's team from 2016, and you see that he's got mm-hmm. this special event Raichu with Endeavor on it, and it's got perfect IVs and stuff like this. Like, that's nonsense, right? That's not real. He definitely got that. For, if he didn't do it himself, somebody else did. And and so you, you look at things like that, and I think I don't think we're ever going to see to the point where it's just essentially showdown, and you just plug in a team and you're done. I think they could do the showdown court sort of method, but they reward you in other ways if you bring your own Pokemon. Like maybe they could add an aesthetic thing where, oh, if you built your own Pokemon, it gets it's like um it has an animation that it'll do that it won't do if you just create it from like to I think the best middle ground would be something more like the rental system from Pokemon Stadium. Like, you, you might get something like that, something more where it's just like, oh, hey, you can do that. Because we, we can go back and we can circle around uh, here with that idea and go to the idea that they've been discussing. Well, they discussed once upon a time in the interview back in September where they were just like, we were when they were coming up with the concept for the game and they were obviously discussing things like that. And one of them is, well, this is a home console game. It's different than a, a traditional handheld because you go home and you'll put it on your TV how do we make that interactive for the people who aren't even playing the Pokemon game, right? And I think one of the ways they could do it is be like, hey, here's a rental team and you guys can choose rental Pokemon and battle those out together um, on the same on the same game. And another way to do it, I mean, I have other ideas for how they might do that that I think are really cute and I think might might work out really well. But uh, they, they all stem from Pokemon Stadium, fun fact. But that's just one of my <laughs> but I, I think I think we might see something like that in terms of if in terms of lowering the barrier of entry, maybe getting people into Pokemon who haven't been into Pokemon. Maybe they're using this as an opportunity to advertise, quote unquote, because they you're going to get people who typically don't play Pokemon seeing this Pokemon game because it's on a console home console now that'll be on the TV. But I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it's just, hey, tell me what numbers you want. And then the game does it for you automatically. I don't think that'll happen in a legitimate sense. I know it happens now in non-legitimate senses, but yeah, not just yet. I mean, it just doesn't sound like Pokemon. It's not. I, that's that's the, I think that's the main thing, right? And I think yeah. that's I think that's somewhat of the problem with like the competitive scene right now too, because a lot of those people aren't like they're not there for Pokemon per se. They're there for the game, if that makes sense. They're there in terms of, hey, I'm really good at figuring out these type matchups. I think this is more for the TCG than for anything else. Uh, because I do know there's a number of TCG players that'll go to regionals and stuff like that. And they barely know what the Pokemon are that they're playing and stuff like that. They just know what the card does. I agree I mean, with that about the TCG. I don't see that for the other stuff. No, I, for the VGC, it's definitely different. But, but I, yeah, I guess there are some people who, like... Don't bother to play through the games. Exactly. Except... They were actually there were people getting caught in the VGC last year for yeah. not for having Z crystals that they hadn't already obtained in the game. Yeah, I re- I remember like seeing or hearing about people like showing up and wait, I don't have the mega ring. Exactly. No, that's a huge thing. Uh, the mega ring's even worse. <laughs> yeah, you'll see that. You'll see that a lot. A lot of people just show up and they're like, "Oh man, I brought this mega Pokemon, but I don't have the mega ring." That one's a little bit easier to be like, oh, that's an item that you could have traded from another game. The Z crystals, on the other hand, that's a real telltale one. No, there's, there's a lot of people that don't care about playing Pokemon, like the Pokemon RPG, and just want to play the competitive scene. And I don't know. I feel like that takes the heart out of it a little bit. 
And though I, maybe that's what Pokemon wants to do now. Maybe they want to go ahead and try to become more of a, more of an esport than an actual game, like a full fledged game. That's, a, that's always been one of the things with Pokemon. But the nature of Pokemon, I think, has way too much RNG involved to be like a 100% proper eSport. Yes, so, I agree with that. Mm. But you could say the same thing about a lot of other real sports, right? Like there, there's, some, there's some component of RNG. There, there's always some natural error in like a physical movement. We call this human error, right? And so but that's you, it, human error. That's not the computer flipping a coin or that's throwing, fine. throwing I, that's a die. That, but if you look at other esports, like um, like if you were to look at like League of Legends or Dota, there is some physical skill involved in like terms of how fast you can click and stuff like that. That's and, what I'm saying. That's all you. That's all the competitor. The game. Does yeah, but not but have... you can you can have the human error of that, and so I feel like this is kind of simulated human error. I disagree. That's fine. You can disagree all you want. <laughs> but I so what 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 else do you think they're gonna amaze us with in gen 8 okay so this goes back i'm going back to the people playing with you thing right as i think there's mm-hmm. a huge i think there's huge opportunity here so let's let's imagine a world where italy and ohio are right next door to each other right and so you you come over and i'm playing pokemon on the tv right and we're just hanging out and i get to a segment kind of like manta and surf right Mm-hmm. And and so like you have like a you know it's essentially a mini game in the in the middle of the game, and they say hey we want people to be able to interact with it even if they're not playing Pokemon. Well now imagine I take I'm sitting there with my Joy Cons and like the Joy Con grip and stuff like that playing it, and imagine this just this is this is not as epic as it as it sounds in my head but I think it's epic. Uh, <laughs> man, the Mantine Surf thing comes up right, and then what happens is I pull the Joy Cons out of the Joy Con grip and then I hand you one of them, and then we both play Mantine Surf. I mean, yeah, you've you've mentioned this idea before, and I love it. I absolutely. I don't know love if I it. mentioned it on the show or not because I tell a lot of. You I have, tell like I tell literally have. everybody about this. So <laughs> <laughs> you have, but I. I mean, I, I think it's worth reiterating. It's a great idea. Like the mini games are, are what, like sitting on a couch and playing together, is all about. Like look at Mario Party. Exactly. And, but I don't know. I, I I think I think like I think I hope that they're gonna be able to surprise us with something even better in this regard. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I I honestly think this is a fantastic idea, and it's a very game freak idea. Yes. And I'm hoping that it goes and I ho- I'm hoping that some sense it gets put in there, right? Maybe we get, just put Pokemon Stadium in the game, like as as just like a side thing, you know. That's all mm-hmm. I want. Give me a start screen, kind of like Pokemon Coliseum, where I get an option to go into the RPG, but then there's an option to do everything else on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And that I think that could work, right? Uh, game Boy Tower, but it just it, instead of that RPG Tower, and I can go play the RPG. And, <laughs> but I, I, okay. I, I would be down for that. Give me Pokemon Stadium three, but call it Pokemon, you know, zero and Pokemon one, whatever nonsense names you want to give them. Let's let's play a game. Let's all say one or two things that we know for sure they're never going to change. And then in a couple of years, we'll see who was wrong. Ooh, that's good. They're I, never going to change Firewater Grass Stars. I agree with that. I, I agree. I, I'm going to say they also probably won't. 
Uh, they, they've made the mistake once, and I don't think they'll ever make this mistake again. I do not think that Pikachu will not be in the regional decks. <laughs> Probably. I don't think they'll ever give Pokemon three types. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. I think, <laughs> I think, I think to further off that, I don't think we're ever going to get true dual type moves. I mean, Flying Press, I wouldn't count. Flying Press has like an ability to also include other type. Mm, I wouldn't count Flying that... Press. The fact that Flying Press exists sets a precedent, though. I, I think exactly. I, I think if they're going to exist, they're going to exist in the t- way that Flying Press exists. Uh, I mean, if they decided to go ahead and do dual, true dual-type moves, I think they would do it. I, I think they would retcon Flying Press. They, they've retconned Probably. things before. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be afraid of that. But I think we won't see any true dual-type moves. M- well, maybe we'll get something more like Flying Press, but Flying Press, I see, is a very, a very Hallucha-esque thing. <laughs> What about other moves like freeze-dry? Like moves that have abilities, like Pokemon have abilities. No, they'll keep doing that. They'll keep doing that. I think that's fun and interesting. And I mean, freeze-dry isn't like a terribly good move. It's used in like lower tiers, but it's not a terribly fantastic move or anything. No, but it's interesting. It's a very poorly distributed move is the problem. That's the point. Yeah. And that's that's, intentional. I think that's how you make it not overpowered or anything. Yeah. So that's that's another thing. I, I I do like that though. I like that as an idea. Um, it just I I think those are the things that we're gonna see. I think the big rumor. I don't know how how much you guys have been following rumors, but I always I always check the rumor mail once a month or so now because occasionally you'll get something real and something reasonable. But uh, one of the rumors right now is that like they're gonna revamp the the uh, battle system. I'm gonna say right now. Pokemon on the Switch nope. is going to have the same old battle system we have now. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, completely. It's uh, going to have nope. some gimmick like Mega Evolution and Z moves, but it's going to be the same thing. Honestly, I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if there's anything they can change further, other than I being mean, like, it, you get totem buffs at the beginning of the battle if you hold this item. I think no. I think what they could do, hmm. That they might was... add another layer, right? Like they added abilities, and they could add a new mechanic. They added terrains. Uh, they, they could no, add terrains. Terrains like... were exi- terrains existed in Gen in Gen six, six, just not the ones that we like. <laughs> no. Well, I like mean... they required a move, and who's going to spend a move? Is the yeah, thing. I think electric electric terrain existed in Gen six because Heliolus can set all it. existed in Gen 6, didn't no, they? No, I don't think Psychic Terrain did. I think, is Psychic was the only no, new one. No, Psychic wasn't right. right. Yeah, Psychic's the new one, and I think... Uh, I, don't, I don't know about Misty... No, Misty Terrain definitely existed. It did. Oh, yeah. Grassy yeah, Terrain, I'm not entirely be. sure, but it probably did. It yes, did. it existed. It did. I think and Terrains right. are, were a great addition. I think, I think maybe we'll see a new Terrain. Exactly, but, or maybe, maybe since... It's on the Switch, and they know what people want from the Switch. They want you to feel integrated into an open world, and maybe they could bring something like terrains, but more relative to, like, mm. you're on a mountain, you're in a meadow, you're in the sea, and then they That's could natural. bring like something... That. They could bring something like moves or abilities that simulate that terrain in a competitive arena. I, I like that. I think that's reasonable. I, maybe they don't ex- make new ones, but maybe they'll make an in-game feature where it's just, hey, when you go to this place in that region, um, if you're using rock throw on a mountain, it gets like a 10% power buff or something like that. Kind of like Pokemon Go weather. 
I, I mean, I was thinking more like nature power, but extended to everything. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, maybe something where the Pokemon itself interacts with the universe a little bit more. I, I could see something like that. Maybe like in the RPG, because they, they move towards this in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. So good for them. Like there's a lot more Pokemon in the overworld. I kind of hope we get that. A little bit more Pokemon in the overworld. Maybe something more Ooh. like... May, keep keep the wild Pokemon mechanic the same. You walk into random grass and you don't see anything and then the Pokemon battle starts, right? Uh, but I also think it would be really cool if we got something more like the Dexnav back as well as another okay. option, as like an option. I love that. I love the next... Okay, another question because I, th- I think this is interesting. Let's stop talking about the possible mechanics for a moment and let's talk about the plot. Do you think there is a chance we're going to see an actual, like, split plot that takes you essentially to the same end but changes your interactions with NPCs like a proper RPG? No. And do you think... No, Pete, I I would love that. I can see them doing, like, a different version based off of a major decision a la Fire Emblem Fates. That, I could... I I wouldn't say it's based off a decision. I would say... Or like an event, right? If they keep following the, uh, I, I, w- I want to say, I want to keep that Fire Emblem Fates idea. Um, I think what they could do is they could take the two version idea and expand into that. Right? Yeah, that's how you have your two versions. You have exactly. your two versions and then each one of them is a different quote unquote game. And, and you have different scenarios that occur because you have a different version. I would love it. And everyone would buy two games then. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll do it. Anyway, oh, but I mean, I would anyway. I do that have would time. make so much money. I have. I still have. Uh, I still have a copy of Pokemon Ultra Moon still like in the wrapping because like, I bought it at launch and I haven't played it yet. <laughs> same for Slight. me in Ultra Sun. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, slightly I related. I cannot question. play through Alola a fourth time. I'm just oh, like done. Right, Stop. right. Oh, it hurts my soul. Okay, this is Pokemon, and Pokemon is currently aimed at kids mostly. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Let, no. let me. Let me. It's let family me friendly. It. I'd say it's family friendly. Exactly. It's very family friendly. But the Switch has, in theory, a slightly different target because it's a home console. And I, ha- I, mean, I have an argument. I have an argument against that. And it's, it's okay. one word. It's one word. Um, and the word is Labo. Um, because mm-hmm. because they actually talked in their recent press release Nintendo has about the Nintendo Switch and they're trying to expand the market. Uh, uh, for the switch and so they so what they wanted to do first when they launched the switch they they admitted their their goal was to get the core gaming audience which they succeeded with with getting um breath of the wild and mario odyssey out there in the same year they did they did a fantastic job doing that i mean there's more switches out there sold than there were we use in its entire lifetime and it's mm-hmm. not even been a year yet so which is crazy to think about honestly but you you have all yes. those things and so they said that their next step this year is to really start grabbing people outside of that core gaming audience. And Labo is mm-hmm. a good way to do it. And I think that the Switch is, by the time the Pokemon game comes out, it's going to be a more well-rounded system. And even then, if the Pokemon family friendliness is still there, I think that's going to be the part that brings in more kids, a younger gener- a younger audience. Though I think we need to see a price drop on the Switch. By the time yes. Pokemon comes out, just because you're going to have kids wanting this and being yeah. like, hey, can you buy me a $300 piece of tech? I think it's a little bit ridiculous. If you go a $250 piece of tech, that's a little bit more reasonable. That's the price of the Wii, right? 
And mm-hmm. I think you'll see, I think that'll be worth a little bit more to people if they can go buy a $250 Switch with Pokemon. Okay, so my, my, my question was in a very roundabout way trying to lead to do you think there is ever going to be an older protagonist again like in gen 5 do you think we're Even ever in going gen to 5, get they weren't like, that old were they what were they, they were they older were, they were like, they like 16 old. 17 no were they that old i yes. feel like they were like mid-teenager tops i i believe mm-hmm. like 14 maybe at yeah most. and i could see them doing that again for sure but not much older than that okay I just well I just, maybe I don't think they'd ever hit twenty. It's it's getting harder and harder for me to just play as a ten year old. Oh, well, I you are agree twelve year old, so there you go. Uh, we were eleven. In, we were eleven. <laughs> was it eleven or twelve? I thought it was twelve. We were eleven in Gen One and twelve in Gen Three, and in Sun and Moon we are eleven. I think. Yes, you're eleven. Is it eleven? Ugh, whatever. It's, still it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It really is. I'm gonna look this up. I'm really curious now. What is what is? No, Hilda's I'm age? sure. I'm sure it's 11 in Gen One. It is 14. 12? They are actually 14 in Black and White. Sublime and oh, I know what's up in Black and White. Two those pr- same protagonists are 16, but um, because it's two years later, I, I don't know oh, about uh, um, whatever. What, what are the canonical names for the, Nate uh, and Rosa? Nate, Nate and Rosa. That sounds right. Uh, yeah. So Nate is not given an age. Um, so it's, it's whatever age you want him to be, which sounds a little awful, but that's fine. And so he, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have an age. Well, the thing is like the Pokemon journey is a Bildungsroman, like coming of age narrative. So it's never going to be an adult. I don't think. I, I, really like wanted, so I don't want it I, to be an adult. I, I just, I want it to be a teenager, not a preteen. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I, I would really like I mean, if we if we really want Gen like 5. an adult game, you have to go back to like Coliseum, right? Yeah, I don't want that kind of adult because that alienates kids. But I think yeah. no one under the age of fourteen minds playing as a sixteen year old. I agree so. with that. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Please give us an older protagonist, like Black and White. That's that's a fair that's a fair assessment, though. That was good. Yeah. Yes, that was really good. Just another it, reason to love Gen 5 some more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it honestly makes so much sense. Like, sending a, an 11-year-old out there in the world alone is kind of insane to me. Like, we, we don't need to go into those theories. Can buy. We don't need to go yeah. into those theories. No. All right. But oh, I think, I think this is where we're going to have to we're gonna have to wrap it up. Um, this wait, is a good conversation. I have a, go for I have a, I have a request for go Gen for 8. It. I want way more characters in my Pokemon's nicknames because today <laughs> I found the perfect nickname for a Zygarde 50% and I could not use it. I had to make it into an acronym. I wanted to name my Zygarde Flat Earth Snake Society. And How many I letters couldn't... is that in general though? Like that's that's like 20 letters. I mean 24 letters for a nickname is not that many. You could have like teeny tiny Pokemon named okay, like I would like I would Barrow like to point out that if you are on Pokemon Showdown, if you are on Pokemon Showdown, your username can only have 19 characters. I don't care. I care. I care about I care about the cartridge games. I don't need to read a novel every time you nickname one of your Pokemon. <laughs> I mean I okay. This one was pretty long, but 
like 12 is really not that many characters no, it's not. remember when it was less i was so excited oh, when yeah. they like added more to it in the first place yeah me too all right i love that for alligator spelling right yeah oh, yeah <laughs> let's talk about that uh, well, I, well. Speaking of for alligator, that's where we're yeah. gonna go. We're See gonna how go. I segue that for you. Yeah, mm. that's a good segue there. I, this was planned. Uh, so <laughs> we're gonna go to the Pokemon of the episode where we're gonna talk about for alligator. But we are gonna go and kick it on over to commercial break, guys. We will catch you on the flip flop. And last time on Dedenes of Our Lives, Ivy Store was still trying to find out who the father of her child was. Ivy Store, Ivy, Ivy, Ivy Store. She knew that it could be Charmeleon's son, but they'd also had an affair with Chansey. Charmeleon! Chansey! Chansey! And meanwhile, Meowstick and Buneary were seeing each other behind Gallade's back. Meowstick! Buneary! Gallade! 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 Join us for the fist-clenching, heart-wrenching season finale of... Of our of the episode. And welcome back. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 160 for Ralligator, the big jaw Pokemon. It is hard for it to support its weight out of water, so it sometimes get down gets down on all fours, but it moves fast. No, it doesn't. Okay, so for alligator, <laughs> for alligator after is, a couple of dragon dances. After a couple of dragon, yeah, base speed is seventy eight. I'm not saying that moves really fast. Aqua so, Jet, Aqua Jet. I mean, that, he didn't get that till Gen four, though. By the way, which is even more amazing. But he gets Aqua Jet in Gen four, uh, but that which is a notable. It's a notable exception. But it, what's really big is for alligator got liquidation this gen. So that really helps. That really helps uh, for alligator actually get things that it needs. Um, hmm. It's a little bit nicer than waterfall. Waterfall, I think, is base eighty. Liquidation's base eighty-five. It yep. still gets the sheer force boost. Um, yep. He has access to ice punch, crunch, and then dragon dance. That's pretty much what you want to run. Jolly two fifty-two, two fifty-two. Um, he's currently in the RU tier, and he's ranked A plus in the viability. Hmm. Which Very is good. Just- which is pretty good. I didn't realize it. I, I literally was just like, let's pick a Pokemon to do for Pokemon the episode because I want to start writing up articles afterwards with more in-depth discussions of these Pokemon. And I thought Feraligatr is a great place to jump in. He's an RU. He's one of the top competitors in it. Not the top water type, granted, because uh, Melodic exists. Oh. It's because there's too many water types. So there's yeah, like the proliferation water, of good right? water types per tier, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, But A-plus is pretty good. He synergizes really well with a couple different things as well. So you have to imagine the big weaknesses are obviously going to be electric and grass. And Swellow actually is an RU, which I didn't realize. And Swellow, Boom Burst Swellow choice specs is just fantastic. It's a fantastic Pokemon in an RU. And a good, per, a good Pokemon to stop all of these threats is actually Bronzong, if you're trying to team build around that. Uh, you go ahead and you use Bronzong. Um and then he actually has good synergy with another Dragon Dance Pokemon, which is Flygon, because they actually take hits for each other really well. Minus the grass type, as, but Bronzong kind of helps out that core. Uh, <laughs> and you can even throw in uh, to handle those grass types and just offensively handle them. I think Salazzle is S-tier in RU right now. And Salazzle can handle that plus Durant and all this other nonsense. 
it, it's just there's so many things that like synergize us really well with it in RU. And uh, I'll, I'll have a team on the article later this week for people to try out um, that I'm going to build around and just kind of tweak and everything just to let people play around with it. But in RU, for Alligator actually has a really good solid footing. So I, I would definitely suggest it if you're trying to get an RU for Alligator. Jump in all the way. It's it's my favorite Pokemon, so it works out really well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in terms of the TCG card, I think the only one in rotation right now is from Shining Legends, and it's absolute garbage. So I wouldn't play it. Just don't play. No. Don't play. No. no. Uh, so, yeah, just don't. <laughs> Sublime is right. There's no pro to playing it. There's literally no pro. It's a stage two, and it needs, like, four energy to work. And even then, it just doesn't provide you anything that you couldn't get, that you w- should get from a GX, right? Yeah. Why? Where's my Feraligator GX card, by the way, Pokemon? Hmm, TVCI? I see a problem. I see a problem. I think <laughs> I think Greninja's getting a GX. Uh, in the yeah, next set, it is. In it the is. next set, G- Greninja's getting a GX. And unfortunately, in uh, what's the set that just came out, Ultra Prism, we didn't get GXs for the other starters. We didn't get a, like Infernape GX or Empoleon GX. or. But uh, we did get Leafeon and Glaceon GX, Whimsicott. That's true. Yay. Yeah, and true. they're both really good. <laughs> really good. I will put that in quotes. Uh they're all right. No, they're both good. They're good. They're good. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to say they're like effective. top tier. I don't think they're going to go. That Glaceon is top tier. That Glaceon is for sure. Like The legit. Glaceon EX was top tier back in the day, but I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the Glaceon. I've looked at the Leafeon. It's, it's all right. It's the, not... Glaceon, the, the Leafeon's good. The yeah. Glaceon's great, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, we could talk about mm-hmm. this another day. Uh, <laughs> but for Alligator is a Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, actually, I, I'm a big fan of for Alligator, just like sentimentally, because that was the Pokemon. So I think for a lot of people around our age, uh, by our age, I mean uh, Sublime and Minds, around 26, 27, uh, Gen 2 is probably like the heyday of Pokemon in, in our minds. And I mean, I think the number sales numbers say it for itself. If you look at like HeartGold, SoulSilver and how it's like 60 bucks at GameStop right now. I think I think that's huge. Though with their new pro membership, you can get it down to a reasonable price. Um, but it's it's actually a fantastic Pokemon in that, just because I, I started with Totodile. It's one of the starters you can get. Everybody obviously started with Cyndaquil. Uh, because I Fire started with Totodile, actually. Yeah, because you were smart. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. started with Cyndaquil the first time, and then it was Chikorita all the time. Um, everybody, no. everybody loves that Chikorita uh. because they want their Meganium to learn fly. And oh gosh, but I started with, I just remember when I got it. Cause I, I, I didn't, that was like, I think that was the last time I never got, I didn't get a Pokemon game at launch. I think that was the last time. Um, because I remember Pokemon gold and silver came out. That was before I was like an avid follower of the Pokemon scene and the news and everything. Um, I was definitely the Pokemon guru in first grade or first gen, not first grade. It didn't come out until I was in second grade. Um, and so I like knew everything about red and blue and yellow and everything. But I didn't know that these games were coming out. And my one friend came over and he's just like, Hey, these new Pokemon games came out and he shows me and like Lugia's in it. And I had obviously seen Pokemon, the movie 2000, the best Pokemon movie of all time. And though I like what they're doing now. Um, but, I like the Mewtwo one. The good uh, one. Yeah. It's not nearly as good as Pokemon 2000 in terms of like raw awesomeness. Yeah, Pokemon 2000 was, uh, that was like, good. You're right. Sure. The peak. I think that yeah, was solid. Peak. I think that was solid. 
Like, if I want to watch a Pokemon movie and just, like, have a feel-good fun time, Pokemon the movie 2000. If you want to, like, prove to somebody, like, Pokemon can be serious, you show them Pokemon the first movie. But but back to... So, Gold and Silver came out. My friend shows it to me. And I'm like, man, I gotta get this game. And so, you know, I bug my mom. My mom gets it for me, like, one Friday night. And so I just remember being a kid. Friday, you obviously don't have a bedtime because you're you're 10 years old and you don't have anything to do the next day. So I just remember like sitting in my bedroom. I had a beanbag chair. I remember this very specifically. And I just sat there for like four hours just playing this wow. game. And like I just remember getting to like croc and everything right away and all this other crazy stuff. And I, I, I was just like the memories of that game in general. And for Alligator was a big part because, you know, it's the starter. Uh, unfortunately, the game battery died. Because that's so is the life of a gold and silver cartridge. Um, yeah, and, and he's gone forever, but he's coming I still back. Have my gold cartridge. I still have the cartridges. They just don't. They don't yeah, save. Obviously, yeah, sadness. I think I might take them over to Bo because I'm going to go see him this weekend, and I might make him change the batteries out for me. But we'll see. I don't know if they're here. Actually, I might. Ha- they might be at my parents' house. Uh, they still exist, though. I have them. mm Hmm. I have them. So, but yeah, no, just fond memories of for alligator all around. And then it just became a meme. Cause like, I, I always thought for alligator was my favorite Pokemon and everybody latched onto that and puckle. And so every once in a while, I got to like pull out like a competitive for alligator. <laughs> I think this will be a fun, are you a fun, are you team to build? So definitely like look out for that article later this week. I, I'm going to make it happen and you're going to have like an awesome for alligator team to play with. That'll hopefully make it to like 1400 on the RU ladder. Mm. I I hope so at least because for alligators fun. Then we'll work on <laughs> Guzzlord. We'll make Guzzlord a thing. Oh gosh, Guzzlord's so bad. By the way, it's it's absolutely awful. That times one weakness to fairy just doesn't doesn't help it at all. Uh, just like a side note though, because I'm ta- thinking about Guzzlord right now instead of for alligator. But uh, Gen Eight, I need, I want to see more physical fairy type moves. Yes. I want to see that because all we have is like play rough. And Absolutely. I, I, I want like, give me like a weaker version of play rough. <laughs> and give Tackle, it to more Pokemon. but fairy type. Exactly. Well, they do that for a lot of things, right? Exactly. Yeah, just give me something like that. Give me a fairy type move with priority. There we go. Oh, no, man. don't. Please no, don't. That'd be real bad. Can you imagine a Zoomeril with fairy priority too? Oh, that'd be so cool. No, don't. Oh, no. Then instead of like the Sylveon taking down the High Dragon, we could get the Azumarill just threatening like anything. Um, that would be fantastic. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, all right, though, that's that's the Pokemon of the episode, guys. If you want to if you want to check out more Pokemon stuff, definitely check out the article later this week about Feraligatr. So we are gonna shift gears now, guys, and we're gonna head on over to the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. Send in your emails. The mail's here. Check your inbox. It's time for the mailbag. Mail! And on to the mailbag. The mailbag, as always, is brought to you by the energy drink Green Tauros. The energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves! See, you guys are, like, synchronized and, like, (laughs) I like that it's just delayed. 
Uh, but either way, the mailbag segment is the segment where you can write into the show at pucklepodcast.gmail.com, and we might read your email if it's good. So uh, we are also giving out the Green Toros Badge roll on the Discord if you write a good email, and we think it's good. Uh, one person per episode will win that. Um, the criteria, I think, I, I've decided on criteria for this instead of just willy-nilly handing it out. One, if the email promotes discussion. Two, if the email made me laugh. And three, if you have a poem. <laughs> Poems are just bonus points. Uh, but I, if the email promotes discussion and it's a well-thought-out email, uh, those are the things that I think would really make it pop on the show. And those are the ways you can earn your Green Taurus badge. So definitely think about that when writing your emails and sending them into pucklepodcast.com. We typically have a prompt for you guys as well. And our prompt this past week was, what do you think about Pokemon being in virtual reality? So let's jump on in. The first email is from Sludge Cake. Hello, Thatch and the gang. Ignoring the fact that Nintendo probably won't make a VR headset and that they aren't likely to make Pokemon for another company system, I think a VR-exclusive Pokemon could be really cool. You guys talked about not having enough functional uses for VR with Pokemon, but it's the immersion into the world that could be the main focus. It couldn't be a full-length game. I, but I, I'll wait until the end. But, but bite-sized rooms like gym battles would be great to experience in VR. Each gym could have its own theme and a puzzle to solve. Eight gyms later, you're on the Elite Four. Imagine walking through the doors as they lock behind you in VR. That's the Pokemon experience we're missing out on. In a perfect world, you could transfer your team over with Pokebank. It's too bad this could never happen, but maybe Pokemon the Switch will scratch this pokey itch. Smell you later, Sludge Cake. So I, I don't see why it couldn't be a full-length game. I, if it happened, I think it could be full-length. Um, I still don't think we're going to get, like, true VR. You'll probably get, like, that baby, like, slam the v- switch in, like, your cardboard goggles VR. Yeah. I think that's the kind of VR we'll probably get stuck with with Pokemon, but um, that that's my thought. I think it could still be a full-length game. I just don't – I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know of anything. Like, the immersion I don't think is enough – I don't think that's enough for Game Freak to consider being like, hey, let's put a ton of development into this one game. Not yet. Not yet. No, I agree. Also, like I mentioned on the last episode, I don't think the technology is quite there um, in terms yes. of price. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a time thing. It's just one of those things. I think I think VR was one of those things that was like way ahead of its time. You know, uh, it, it's kind of like the virtual rea- the virtual boy with a 3D idea. I think that was way mm-hmm. ahead of its time. You had to wait for the technology to get there. And I think that's what we need to wait with VR, because right now, like I said, it's eight hundred dollars, I think, minimum to get into VR. So it's not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, yeah, I'll, probably not. All right. We'll jump into this next one from Dominic B. I think you got this one sublime. Yes. So, hey, guys, I love the show, and I was just getting into competitive battling since Oras. I just got Pokebank yesterday and brought over all of my old good Pokemon to Ultra Moon. And remember that I have Pokerus on about 10 of my Pokemon, so I was fortunate enough to spread it to most of my competitive Pokemon. I'm really excited by that. Anyway, my team I'm experimenting with is a Trick Room team, and it's a blast to play so far. So the team is Mimikyu, Alolan Executor, Mawile, Tyranitar, Araquanid, and Oranguru. Um, the ones without items, I'm not sure what... And he listed the moves, but we're not going to read them. Yeah, it, well, can we just do it as a side real quick? If you want to send us teams, try to send it in like the standard showdown format. That way we can better analyze it and know what's going on. And maybe we can talk about it on Battlecast. So definitely, definitely consider that. 
The ones without items, I'm not sure what to put because I'm still trying to see what works best for them, but so far the team has been working great. Mimikyu is amazing for Trick Room because it isn't affected by Fake Out and its ability is just icing on the cake. But Araquanid is lacking, and I'm wondering how to improve it and the team in general. What do you guys think of the team? Any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Uh, your show has got me back into online battling, and I thank you all for it. Love the show. Keep up the good work, and keep the Game Corner episodes coming. They're so fun to listen to. Dominic B. Uh, I think okay. he said it best before the before we started the segment, Sublime. He needs to do more like speed speed minus natures. Yeah, if you're t- playing Trick Room, you need more uh, negative natures than you yeah. have. Because you can slow awesome. down your speed even more and then go first in Trick Room. Definitely. Definitely, yes. All right. Uh, so this last one is from The Real EV. And I think you got this one, Whimsicott. I do. Hello, Thatch and various co-hosts and my beyond. Evie here. Do I think Pokemon will do a VR game? Hmm. I mean, they did make Hey You Pikachu. So they could make a VR-like Pokemon game out of the blue. But I want to talk about a possibility. So you were talking about Nintendo being a very Japan-centric company. And something I would like to point out is that they are putting a good bit into VR. Like VR rooms... Nintendo has put one of their games in a VR setting, Mario Kart. So it got me thinking, what if they let you do Pokemon Stadium in VR? Let's give Thatch a moment to collect himself. Uh, Where you go and you pick out a set of Pokemon to to battle with against other players or an AI. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for me. Catch you on the flip flop or the next art drop. P.S. I'm so sad I'll never win that classic Green Taurus badge. So actually, uh, this sounds very similar to what Sludge Cake said. Um, except I, I think he said it in a much better way. So what I can see here, you know how like we're all super like we're super upset that we can't watch matches live, kind of like you can in Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. Um, VR would be a really cool way to do that. Um, I could really imagine like being in a VR chat setting, like like the VR chat that's out now um, without knowing the way. And you can go ahead. Somebody got that joke, I think. Um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and you have a Pokemon stadium, kind of like the anime. You know how like the stadiums are like full of people and everything. Like imagine it being full of people watching the match take place on the ground. Right. Uh, and you can see what's going on and what moves are being used and you, you can spectate the battle. I think that would be a cool use for VR if you were to put it in a Pokemon stadium. And it's more like a, it's more like a Pokemon stadium where like you load your team in and then you battle with it. I, I think that's the way to do it. I mean, it would be cool, but then when you stop to think about it, wasn't the whole point like being in the same room watching the same TV screen? Kind of. Uh, I, the, so... the big thing for Pokemon Stadium was the novelty that they admitted was there was that your Pokemon were in 3D. Mm. And this the, the novelty here would be that your Pokemon aren't in 3D, but your Pokemon are in VR. I suppose I get it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to develop an entire game in 3D, you could just do battles. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that would be a good entry point, right? And honestly, that's what led to Pokemon Coliseum and XD, right? If we take a look at Pokemon Stadium 1 and Pokemon Stadium 2, all of those assets were actually moved over into Pokemon Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Because if you see a Charmeleon in Pokemon oh, Coliseum, yeah. it's the same as the Pokemon mm-hmm. as the Charmeleon in Pokemon Stadium One. Yeah, and so 
I mean, it's something that they could do. They could use all of that and then port it all over to a game on in VR. But I think it'd be safer just to say, hey, look, here's a game. Here's like a VR experience with Pokemon. You can bring it in and do it. And it's just an experience. Like, and like he said, VR spaces in Japan. I can imagine in Japan, like a place where you have a ton of VR goggles and you have your VR Pokemon battles and stuff like that. It'd be a really cool, like, IRL tournament. And I think it would be something that you'd see on Japanese TV. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, VR is really weird because uh, it it kind of takes away some part of the of the sharing experience and mm-hmm. it, it enhances it but at the same time it takes away from it so it's 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 very complicated and i'm still torn about this about whether or not they would just go for an experience like a tiny small taste of what pokemon in vr would be like or if game freak is more the kind of company that would say no we either do this and go all the way in, or we don't do this at all. I think I think this is a point where you get into the Pokemon company doing something over Game Freak doing something. Right, you're right. I, I think you're this right. is where you get into a place where we get you know some equivalent of genius sorority or sonority. Oh my gosh, I forget the name. Um, and they go and they develop their own game for VR, but it's based on the Pokemon assets and the Pokemon company is involved, not Game Freak. And then you get Pokemon yeah. Coliseum, but then you get instead of Pokemon Stadium VR, right? And I, I think that's the most. I think I don't think Game Freak goes and spends their time on it. I think the Pokemon company spends their time on it. Which you're right, I, I, you're think, I think that's right. I think that's a, a difference that people forget about all the time is that Game Freak isn't the Pokemon company, and the Pokemon company isn't Game Freak. They're they're two different entities. Game Freak is part oh, of the absolutely. Pokemon company, but at the same time, they're they're not the ones that like make the decisions. Mm. And I could see if, if Nintendo found it lucrative to do so, I think they would do it. It'd be like finding one of those Mario Kart machines in an arcade, right? It, the yeah. novelty. It, it's more of a novelty factor, I think, than anything else. I mean, Japan is all about a novelty factor. So. Exactly. So, I mean, if it happens, I think that's that's probably the way it would go down. And honestly, I would I would legit go to Japan just to do that. Like if they were just like, hey, we have a we have a VR Pokemon Stadium over here, I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm going to Japan to go do a VR Pokemon battle. <laughs> My plan to let Thatch collect himself failed. Yeah, no, it didn't work at all. I was good though today. <laughs> I didn't I didn't interrupt in the middle of the email, so <laughs> I, I composed myself. So if you guys would like to go ahead and email us next week at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. You could do so, and our question for next week is going to be, what what rules and conventions do you think Game Freak might break next gen? Let us know, once again, pucklepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep up with Puckle for the rest of the week while you're waiting for another Pucklelicious episode, you could go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. All of those links are on our website, pucklepodcast.com. You can, of course, join our Discord server. The link invite link is in the show notes as well. Uh, have a, we have a blast there. We talk a ton there. It's a great place to interact with the community and the host. And I, it's just one of my favorite things about Puckle overall. Not going to lie. Uh, you, can also wa- awesome. you can also watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Puckle podcast, where we go ahead and do all of these Twitch things. I have some plans for some future content there. I just don't know when it's going to start. It's mostly depends on like when I get some free time, <laughs> which isn't, which isn't anytime soon. 
but I still go there. I'm on I every Thursday. I think I might be moving to Wednesdays. I don't know yet. Um, and we, I do viewer battles. Jushiro is on on Mondays and Wednesdays sometimes, and he'll do TCG, uh, TCG on there, which is also a blast. So definitely check that out. And Scrawn scattered in there as well as Shamu. So definitely, definitely, definitely consider helping us out by going to check us out on Twitch. If you want to support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that as well. Uh, first of all is you can go to TeePublic. Uh, TeePublic, our, our store is in the show notes. You can go there. Anything there you purchase helps out Puckle somehow, some way. And they're actually having a sale on the 21st of the 25th. All, everything's going to be on sale. So if you're ever like, man, I really want to buy Thatch a Puckle podcast pillow, that's the opportunity to do it. Um, I'm really pushing for it because my wife told me I wasn't allowed to buy them. And so <laughs> I really want a buckle podcast pillow. They're just adorable. Uh, and so you guys can go there. If you want to support the show more directly, instead of buying t-shirts and uh, throw pillows, you can go ahead and go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash puckle podcast, where you get a host of perks, including access to an exclusive discord server, uh, an, a Pokemon giveaway every month. And if you're a certain tiers, even puckle TCG cards, um, this month is actually the fluffiest ones. card. Um, at some point, we're just going to do, like, random ones because I won't have any more ideas. And <laughs> But that's a that's a great way to support the show, and we really appreciate all of that support. So I think that's it, though. So if you are done with the show, then I guess, guys, uh, we'll catch you next week. So I'm Trainer Thatch. I am the Flockus Wimsigut. And I'm Sublime Manic. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time.
as always, this is the part of the show where we thank our patrons for making the show possible, because as always, this show is possible by viewers like you. Thank you. But before we begin, I would like to announce the Green Taurus badge winner that we forgot to announce during the show. It is the Real EV. Congratulations. You already have the role on the website, or on the Discord server, rather. So definitely check that out, and definitely send in your emails for the next mailbag and see if you can get your chance at getting the Green Taurus badge. But of course, I would like to thank our patrons by name. Thank you to Dark Flame, Regal Superior, Ten Little Men, Duly Noted, Andrea, Fluffiest Whimsy Cat, Locke, Shamu, Mongo87, Professor Snag, Jushiro, Bosephus, Alviron, Seth Vilo, Minor Manetric, Claude9, Chris, Mikey, John, R. Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Jestern, The Golden Klefki, Uncle Oshawott, Matthew, Trevor, TJ, Dexio, Ryuse, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Richard, Daniel Traby, Greg, Alec, Ozzy, Alex, Kenneth, The British Gent, Rotted Mushroom, Chris Schmidt, Anime Gravy, Thomas, Jedi DJ, Antonio, Travis, Mark, Beaverla, Inferno, David, and The Real EV. So thank you guys, and we'll catch you next week on the Flip Flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.